<clears throat> so I, I seriously, I learn so much every single time that we're going through one of these things. Sometimes I, I look at the topical guide and I'm like, oh, these are all stories we've heard before. But having come through all of the different books and studies that we've done, it, it's amazing how each pass through uh, Christ's life and um, through each little section of, of this workbook is just amazing aha moments. I get new questions and new answers. and uh, <laughs> Anyway, it, this one is, is such a, a fun one. We've had some very good um, groups and discussion on, on his post-mortal appearances. But anyway, just kind of throwing it out of what did you all learn from from studying all of these post-mortal uh, appearances here, why are why is this part of his life important to study? Um, uh, seeing who he appeared to after he resurrected. Like that that final question that's on uh, page thirty-five. So when Christ appears to his people. What seems to be his purpose among them? I think that that was like one of the biggest questions for me to really ponder this week as I was studying it. Uh, what is his purpose in appearing to people and uh, what can we, we gain from that? Well, I was just thinking about the second one in Mark 16, 9, when he appeared to Mary Magdalene. Mm -hmm. I think that one was a very different reason than many of the other, I mean, I think it had another different reason than many of the others. And I think that was just a witness of the importance of Mary Magdalene to, to him. Yeah. Um, do we just want to go out and say that that was probably his wife? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and, and isn't it interesting? She's the first one that he appears to. Even before he'd gone, he says, don't touch me. Right. Because I've ascended, I haven't ascended to my father. So, um, I, you know what, I was just going to say that that brought her comfort and immediately I'm thought I'm thinking of the Nephites, um, and how they'd gone through all that destruction and how that brought them comfort too. Mm -hmm. So, but it brought her a different kind of comfort, right? That he would mm -hmm. appear to her first. Yeah. So. Yeah, I love that that you're using that word comfort there. That um, in that case, and and with the the Nephites there in the the Luke one with the Emmaus story, um, mm -hmm. also uh, they were saying, like, did not our hearts burn within us? Like, it also brought a a comfort and a testimony along with it. And that's one thing that I really started asking myself throughout all of this: is these seem to just be second comforter experiences. So when we have the resurrected Savior starting to appear to people, well, like what purpose is it? Um, like it, it poses that question on, on page 35. And I'm like, hmm, I had never really considered all of his postmortal um, appearances as second comforter appearances, but why wouldn't they be? And and like you said there with Mary Magdalene and, um, and, and the Nephites and stuff, like a common theme is comfort. And he says, peace be unto you for more than one reason. But um, I, I don't know. It's just an interesting little string that kind of threads these together. And if that's so the I, case, I'll then, go ahead. Uh, what is its implication? No, 
Sorry, if that's the case, what? Uh, so if it was the case then, then then what is it now for us? And and what how how do these scriptures apply to us? And why should we be studying his postmortal appearances? Uh, anyway, that was just the questions that were forming in my mind this week. Um, so going along with that, I just have a question about the road to Emmaus. It's mm -hmm. always, I don't want to say it's always bothered me that they didn't recognize him. I think the right word is maybe surprised, but is that, did he come cloaked so they wouldn't, or were they surprised because nobody had been resurrected before? So they didn't expect it. Like, but even so, don't you think if their hearts burned within them, wasn't that a testimony of who he was? And so I've always just been, I guess, puzzled is the right mm -hmm. word for that. That story has always had like some kind of weird thing to me. I was like, I don't know. We're just not understanding it. We might not have the full story or something. Maybe, maybe that's it. Or maybe it was translated wrong. I don't know. But that's always kind of puzzled me that they, that they knew him so well, but they didn't recognize him. So that, yeah. So that kind of makes me question no matter how well we know him, are we not going to recognize him or okay, as I'm talking, this is how I think sometimes mm -hmm. that makes me think of the song, a poor wayfaring man of grief. Like, does he come and he's cloaked sometimes now, of course we know on that song, it's just going along with the scripture as you've done it until one of the least of these you've done it unto me, but are there other times where he's appeared and he's cloaked? Wasn't that in visions of glory in the conference center? Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they all experienced that gradual unveiling kind of a thing as well, where they didn't recognize. So maybe the that's maybe that's the point of telling us that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting because each individual appearance has different nuances to it, right? Where uh, some of them were prepared, some of them weren't, some of them seen him right away, some of them didn't, some of them were afraid or frightened, and some of them weren't, but um, regardless that he's all, uh, some of them were uh, feeling his, uh, the prince and uh, his wounds, uh, but some of them weren't, but anyway, it, it's just so many different uh, types of, of experiences. And are we all going to experience him the exact same way in um, our journeys up to the second coming? Or are we going to be like one of these? And what is our experience going to be like? Are we going to be like a doubting Thomas type of person? Are we going to be like uh, the road to Emmaus and, and he reveals himself gradually? Is it going to be a, a bountiful type of situation? And it just makes me wonder. Well, even in John 20, 13 and 14, where he appears to Mary, she doesn't recognize him at first either. Because mm -hmm. he says, Woman, why weepest thou? Because they took my Lord away, and I don't know where they've laid them, laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. So even she didn't recognize him at first. And that makes me wonder if part of it, I don't know. Mm -hmm. If part of it is just that there hadn't, like, that was such a new thing to have resurrection. And yet, you would think a wife would know her husband, right? Mm -hmm. but, so. yeah, wouldn't that be so interesting if you never had a context for a resurrection at all or anything? And um, 
like the Emmaus one, they supposed that they had seen a spirit. And <laughs> I don't know, it'd, it'd just be a whole new ball game of your whole paradigm has to shift in order to realize that, hey, no, the man that that we've just um, entombed is is back here and in, in, in the flesh kind of thing. That'd be so interesting. And the fact that they assumed it was a spirit makes you wonder, was that common? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I was doing uh, in between classes or whatever, doing kind of like a, a word study on spirit, um, that specific version of it. And that's probably one of the, the most common uh, usages of spirit. So it can apply to um, unclean spirit, evil spirit, the Holy Ghost spirit. Um, anyway, it's, it's like the most common <laughs> version of, of that word. But yeah, I, I, that was my, my question. Like, well, is that common? Is there other usages of that where okay. people thought that there was a spirit? But... But yeah, it's very interesting um, the the patterns that we can learn from from these. So even the the category of all of the ones that didn't know him, and that it gradually came upon them uh, while they were with him, there's even you know different nuances within those. Um, so like the the John twenty one version where um, they're fishing, and uh, here in in this little paragraph that it kind of truncates it down but it says that the disciples knew not that it was jesus but then there's the the interim verses that are not listed here and then after that then they do know that it was the lord so um even the the group of them it it slowly dawns on them but yet when we come over to the americas i mean there's the the three voices that they have to kind of distinguish um but then when he comes, they all know who it is as he presents. So how does the second comforter experience relate or compare with being sanctified, sanctification and justification? Mm -hmm. Anybody? Know? So like, are you saying like what comes first or like how do those terms relate like which ones are synonyms kind of a thing or, or what's your question for yeah, that so there's sanctification there's justification and then there's a second comforter experience are they all different are they all together do you know what i'm saying oh, um uh, do they all happen separately yeah that, that's a good question i i've seen quite a few people on unblog uh, post uh, kind of about that and stuff and it seems to me that reading like uh, John Pontius's works and uh, some of those other comments there that they happen different for different people. Like some of them are all at once. Some of them kind of happen in a sequential order kind of a thing, but I don't know enough about it to, to really say which one's first and everything. I would assume it, at least in my case, that, that justification would come first and then sanctification, then the, second comforter but i don't know hmm. yeah i remember in the the back of triumph of zion there's that one like bar graph chart that that curves up uh kind of a thing i would maybe i should go grab that real quick yeah let me go 
I'm glad he knows where all his books are because yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hi, you're on twice. <laughs> what? You're on twice. Is this the same one we did Sunday? No. Uh, Kathy is another one from. Oh, there's two Kathy's. Oh, okay. I was going to say. <laughs> yes, I'm here like, too. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I did it <laughs> Which chapter are we on? I'm behind. Six. Okay. It's nice Kathy, to see all your faces. Your hair looks good long. You're growing it out. I know. I've never had long hair in my whole life. <laughs> but I figure if I'm going to have to walk to Missouri, I might want to wear like in braids or something. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Or have it down in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably just whack it off one day. I don't, I don't have a goal. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, every day, the new day. I'm happy to see all your faces. I know. It's good <laughs> to see you too. Okay, Cameron, you can have it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me. I think I, I think I have Triumph of Zion, but I know I have it on Audible. I'm not sure. Gosh, I knew where everything was before we moved. And now that we've moved, I just am so confused. Yeah. Where my books are. I don't know if you can necessarily see this. Where's my if this will show up and zoom in here or not? It's just oh, oh there. there. But it's still just really small. Yeah. But anyway, um so it puts sanctification along the entire process that that is the x-axis. As you grow in sanctification, um, then all of those different things happen. But anyway, it has second comforter there at the, the very end. But on this page, he does say that things can happen in different orders for different people. You know, talking about that, in my patriarchal blessing, it says, I bless you that you will know that know and see Jesus Christ as he comes in the clouds of heaven. All will see him, but only the righteous, those who, who have kept the commandments, will be drawn to him where he can protect them while he cleanses the earth. Your blessing be, says all of that? Be one, yes, be one oh, of those. <laughs> Your greatest blessing one. is to be prepared. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it says that that's one of the last sentences. Yeah, that's interesting. With the... all, yeah, all all will see him, but only the righteous will be drawn to him, where mm -hmm. he can protect them while the earth is being cleansed of its filth and impurities. Be one of those. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing admonition there. You know it. So how come when it tells me in here that one of my blessings is to be able to understand when God speaks to you through the gift of the spirit, I don't feel like I have that. <laughs> well, it's just something you got to work for and receive, I guess. <laughs> it's one of those uh, ones that has a, a little price tag to it or something. Have you, have I shared that on any of these groups before that Hawaiian dream where 
um, Peter takes him to his spiritual warehouse where all the gifts are at. Uh-uh. Does that sound familiar at all? <laughs> familiar, uh-huh. but I don't know if I read it somewhere, but share. Uh-huh, yeah, so the book is called The Way to Aloha, and it's this, it a semi-fictional story, but it, I mean, it's based on this actual missionary's experience. So this guy that they are talking with, the guy has a dream and Peter, like the apostle Peter, takes him and escorts him to a spiritual warehouse that's just his. And, and it's just rows and rows of all of his spiritual gifts. And um, he instructs him to, to start looking at the little tags that are on each of the gifts. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, like a present usually has a to and a from kind of a thing. But they're, it, he looks at them and some of them just say that they are free. And some of them actually have a price that um, if you make this sacrifice, then you'll receive this gift. And some of them have quite a few little uh, prices on them. Uh, some of them have it as as you progress in age, um, after your 30th birthday. Uh, you know, this is paraphrasing. It doesn't say this in the book. But, but some of them come with age after your first child, then... Um, if you do this and this, then you'll receive this gift kind of a thing. But anyway, so he was able to, to look and, and get a new perspective on spiritual gifts um, rather than just the kind of normal thing that we, we do in the, the church, right? Of, oh, I don't know. I think I have some gifts, but I don't know when they'll come. Uh, they're not all just freely given. Some of them require work. Some of them require a price tag kind of a thing. But anyway, I thought that that was such a, a, a cool story. I can find the link really quick because I was sharing it the other day with somebody. That makes a lot of sense. I've been felt lately that, Kathy, you need to pay attention to them promptings that you get. When you have a feeling, do it. Don't put it off. So I've been really trying hard to do that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That was one thing that I really learned from from Pontius. It's like an activity that I need to do constantly is the the quick obedience um, little task or homework that, that Pontius gives in his books of like carry around a little journal for one week and that's all you're gonna do. As soon as you have a prompting, you hurry and write it down so that you're recognizing them better and and following up on them uh, more quickly you know you don't have to do that all the time but um at least for like a week or set a little timetable for yourself and and really start acting on promptings quicker and and practicing that um that process <laughs> i tell you it's such an easy thing to to lose and forget and just get busy and not do it um but uh, I, it makes a huge difference being able to write down the promptings as soon as they happen and following up on them. Okay, I'm going to do that. <laughs> That's my goal for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. All right, here's the link to the Hawaiian um, dream guy. So this is just an excerpt from the book. You can go read the whole book. It's really good. But Kathy, your blessing made me think of mine when you were talking about the gifts. Um, so this will kind of give you a little insight. Um, oh. The Lord will create many opportunities for you to gain the preparation necessary to accomplish all the things that were intended for you. He will help you to come to an understanding of all the gifts you have been given. He will allow you to have adequate opportunity to develop all of your gifts and talents. 
You will find that this development will extend throughout your lifetime and you will grow and understand new strengths and abilities throughout your days. So you don't just get all of them. Wow. To us in a nice little package. Mm -hmm. I love that. Wow. That's, that is, that's great. Everybody's got so such cool patriarchal blessings. We, you know, I, I get that way. We don't really, you know, just share them openly and stuff, but like, it, it's so fun to, to hear other people's and uh, little snippets here and there of uh, some of these amazing blessings that the Lord is really pouring out and, and guiding us with. Well, I think I've shared before with you that it tells me that I will see miracles performed because of the of great faith and and I will be a queen in God's kingdom if you live properly and see the sick healed the blind see and the deaf hear and the, the lame walk mm -hmm. wow I got a lot of powerful things in there yeah who was your patriarch <laughs> you know what I was 18 years old when I had it done right after I had lost my first baby and I just I I mean, the type in it and everything is that old typewriter stuff, you know, that I really need to just print off a different one instead of this one using, you know, always going to this one. Yeah, I love that. And I used to think it was really nothing in it, you know, I thought, oh, it's no big deal. <laughs> I felt that way too until I started reading it every week and really like doing deep dives, like, um, on words that I thought I knew what they meant, just doing like Oracle, um, virtuous, you know, just different words. Then I started doing or virtue. I started doing deeper dives and that's when I was like, Oh, wow. I thought I knew what this meant, but there's even more in there. Like taking it cross-referencing it with the scriptures and different things mm -hmm. well and i mean i'm from ephraim too but it it says in here you're from the tribe uh, you're a member of the house of israel of the tribe of joseph and also of the tribe of ephraim mm -hmm. so but it, it mentions joseph a lot in it too which yeah. and i know my grandfather was from just the tribe of joseph yeah, I've always wanted to understand more that that nuance there, where some of them are Ephraim, some Manasseh, and some are just Joseph. Like, yeah, what? where Mike specifically says both, just Joseph and Ephraim. It was kind of always strange to me. I don't know that when we joined the church. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Terry has something really neat in hers. <laughs> yeah, she can't hear her again because she's lost her voice. Oh darn it! It's I do that to her all the time because I get tired of listening to her. <laughs> anyway, this is the last paragraph, or at least part of it. I bless you that you will have courage to endure to the end, that after <clears throat> you complete your mission here upon the earth, you will have the privilege of entering the celestial kingdom of our Father in heaven, with your companion, your children, and many of your loved ones redeemed and sanctified, that you will arise in the resurre resurrection clothed, clothed with glory, immortality, and eternal life. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. So you're, you're good, Chelsea. <laughs> yep. It's <laughs> a really good blanket blessing right there. Have any of you started uh, requesting patriarchal blessings of any of your ancestors at all and discovered that feature on, on the, the church's website? I find that one so interesting. Like going through... Because I, I mean, at least I come from pioneer stock, so there's lots of patriarchal blessings there. But, um, that it was, um, I think Martha is on my dad's side. But anyway, hers mentions a ton about her descendants, and like get, it gets kind of specific on on certain lines and, and things. And like, oh, that that was an interesting blessing that. I didn't like finding myself in my ancestors' blessings was was a fun exercise to to do. So like that one where included right in in Terry's are there. Well, any other patriarchal blessing ones? I mean, <laughs> sorry, I took a, a oh, no. dive the other direction. <laughs> I love it. I mean, sometimes um, we just need to go there because it's all on our minds. Well, when you said, you know, not, not see, I mean, seeing him, but not knowing him. And I've read that a hundred times in that, but it just all of a sudden clicked tonight with, yeah. wow. So maybe that, I you know that's where it kind of, I got to know him, not just know him. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love that. Um, I'll share just a little bit. I bless you that as you remain true and faithful to the covenants that you have made, that you, sorry, that you have made and that you will make in the holy house of the Lord, you, your husband, and your children will be saved at the last day. So have you already gotten married at that point? No, I was 17. Gotcha. Yeah. And then, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry, um, and then, although you will live through hazardous times, hurricanes, earthquakes, rumors of wars, wars, drought, famine, and other pestilence, you will live through it all as long as you remain true and faithful with an eye single to the glory of our Father in heaven. Mm, that's nice. Wow. And then twice, it kind of binds Satan out of my life. Yeah. Yeah, my patriarchal blessing is all about Satan. <laughs> I was really upset with my patriarchal blessing at first. I was like, well, that's not very great. <laughs> I didn't recognize it for a very long time. Um, and like, it's only been within the last, I don't know, few years that I've really noticed that, wow, Satan is bound in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are awesome. And I have to say, I haven't had real, like, I haven't had real challenges like that, like where I'm tempted to do things or not do things. Not that I always respond to all the impressions I have, but I just don't think I have had those. And then, and then along with that is just, I just have faith. I just have a testimony. I don't understand why people have faith crisis. I don't understand how they don't just know. Like, I just know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those spiritual I feel really, are, yeah, I feel, I, 
Mm-hmm. I feel really blessed by that. I mean, one of my spiritual gifts is faith and I didn't realize what a blessing that was, but I, I've been thinking lately that I think I also have a spiritual gift of testimony. Like I just know. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. As I sent out that first questionnaire on um, spiritual gifts, right. And so many people were writing in little different ones that I realized that my original spiritual gift list was very subpar. <laughs> so uh, I just linked to my ever growing, it grows every single day, uh, list of spiritual gifts and uh, the survey that you can take if you want to. But um, there are so many vast spiritual gifts and some of them have different price tags on them for, for different people, but it's very interesting. So just kind of, I don't know why, but going through those tonight. Um, so there's the the DNC 46 spiritual gifts, which are also in uh, Corinthians. There's Marvin J. Ashton's uh, talk where he expounds and, and gives some um, less conspicuous gifts. There's the Christ-like attribute gifts that are found in, in DNC 4. There's the translation gifts. Uh, cognitive gifts, whoops, whoa, it starts growing really bad. <laughs> uh, social gifts, there's the vibration and, and emotion gifts, there's the laws and covenant gifts mentioned in Mosiah 18, there's gifts of speech, gifts of vision and light, auditory gifts, touch, taste, smell, um, and I found that a lot of people have been replying back that um, that the love languages are our gifts. Um, and anyway, so uh, if you have any more gifts that I need to be adding to the list and stuff, but uh, anyway, I'm going to create like a, a working, <laughs> growing list of, of spiritual gifts. And um, with the, the podcast that I'm going to be doing in the future, looking at different people's perspective on each gift, because they're all given differently. Some of them have different prices. Some people are born with it and just kind of I don't know. I, I think it's just time I, that we all know and grow in our spiritual gifts. I started taking that survey and then I, something happened and I didn't finish it. And I was going, Oh, I don't have this. I don't have this. I don't have this. <laughs> but as I'm glancing over this, one of them that, and I didn't see it on your list, that it says one of your great gifts is the ability to assist others. Mm. To help them in their quest for happiness you may not be able to help them with large sums of money but through love with your arms around people who are in trouble and in distress you will bring them to a knowledge of god and will bless them as he has and will bless you i listened to that first podcast and i thought i think i'm just living really far below my means <laughs> Was it a little depressing? Sorry. I'm like, I didn't know. I didn't know. Like, seriously? I felt the same way. I was like, holy crap. Oh, no. I got discernment and help people. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, yeah, I don't want to be interviewed because people know how shallow I am. <laughs> no. I, I've recorded, I think, three more or whatever and and they're all so very different you know because everybody's comes out their gifts a lot uh in different ways and and things so <laughs> I, I need to release so soon so you get a, a good rounded picture on it 
yeah, Wendy, uh, she is like a brainiac. Like she just, the way that she approaches things is, is amazing. See, sometimes I think I just need to rub shoulders with everyone so much more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm lucky being the moderator or whatever I am necessarily for this book club, but people are always sharing different uh, stories and, and gifts with me and stuff. I, I've got to rub shoulders with lots of fun people. <laughs> it's been amazing uh, getting to know everyone and all of the different nuances. Because coming from small little Malta, I mean, we're all farmers, but our, our spiritual gifts are pretty, <laughs> it's like steak and potatoes. That's it. <laughs> but, but there's so much more. I just, so talking about patriarchal blessings, let's see, I think I did it on my computer. I just, okay, here it is. Um, I saw this quote on Facebook today and I screenshot it. I don't know who posted it, but it says, um, it's from John Taylor in the Times and Seasons. Every father who holds a Melchizedek priesthood after he has received his patriarchal blessing is a patriarch to his own family and has the right to confer patriarchal blessings upon his family, which blessings will be just as legal as those conferred by any patriarch of the church. In fact, it is his right and a patriarch and blessing his children can only bless as his mouthpiece. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I, there was, that's one stipulation in there that I've never heard of that he can't necessarily do it until he receives his own patriarchal blessing. Uh, yeah. I've never heard that before, but I just, I, I read that and I just thought, why are we not taught these things in church anymore? Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So yeah. like when we're saying father's blessings, what's the word for father in the old Testament? Patriarch. Patriarch. Like, patriarch. Those yeah, are supposed true. to be patriarchal blessings. Oh, yeah, no. but what a difference if we called them patriarchal blessings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess we changed it so that it wouldn't be the same as a patriarch giving it, but I don't know. I just thought That's that amazing. was super cool. I wanted to send it to my, well, my sons and my, and my daughter too, right? Mm -hmm. So her husband can live up to that. Yeah. Well, um, and I, I don't know on your, on your survey if it has protection from angels um it says he will place angels around you to protect you if you follow his teachings he will give you strength to combat all those things which are not good for you which would bring you sorrow and disgrace hmm. so i'm guessing that would be a gift spiritual protection mm -hmm. from angels which elder holland taught us in 2007 or 8 in his talk, I think it was titled Angels, that we needed to ask for angels, right? Which is what mm -hmm. we need to do. Yeah, to and mine presence. says that if I just, and you know what, since I've, and I've told you guys before, I've, I've been a hellion, you know, and since I turned my life around, there is so much more peace in my life. Mm -hmm. And no, I mean, I can tell a difference that there is protection and you know i can sense different things and different things have happened and a lot of them i could go on about a whole lot of things that have that have happened that i know i've got angels around me protecting me 
without a doubt. Yeah. Hmm. That's enumerated in the blessing there. That's so interesting. But this isn't the direction your other class took. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> no. So interesting. <laughs> but um, one thing that like popped into my mind when you're talking about patriarchal blessings, I remember that this really stood out to me. It was when we were still doing the teachings of the prophet series in our uh, elders and relief society meetings, and I believe it was it was either Kimball or Benson. I, I can't remember which one it was, but anyway, it gave a. Uh, his account in there where he every family reunion every year at the conclusion of the reunion he would bless every single member of his family he would lay their hands on their head everybody listened to everybody's blessings and that's how they ended their family reunions that's was a with, lot of blessings yeah. wow and and i mean it would take like a whole day like they would schedule the whole last day for him to act as a patriarch for his family and stuff and it's like whoa what would that be like <laughs> like our That's family awesome. they're all fun and games and i mean if we even thought about talking scriptures <laughs> it'd be different but anyway it's just such an interesting perspective on acting as a patriarch and and stuff and so i always said well if i ever get a family that's that's what i'm gonna start instituting because <laughs> you know like what do we hear of that uh with father adam right like he called his generations together and gave them blessings there in adam on diamond and hey, but just wh why not <laughs> why have we well and i think i shared with you guys too i don't know if it was this group or i was probably sundays it was a couple of weeks ago when they set me apart for my position in young women's mm -hmm. and you know and i mean it was well you could feel that and it the bishop he he struggled to even get through it and it's he said in there this is not by accident that you have been called to be to this position it is through divine design that you have been put in here to help those that are struggling and i'm thinking what called <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. right to it huh. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not necessarily sure which scripture in here puts us back on <laughs> on the post-mortal experiences, but <laughs> but I'm not sure how we got onto that either. Yeah, it, it was an amazing little. Um, I don't necessarily want to call it a rabbit hole because it wasn't one of those, but <laughs> side jaunt, a little side yeah. jaunt. <laughs> yeah, that it, it helps explain and uh, add to the work in the road. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so many. So I've got a good tie-in that is patriarchal blessing and post-mortal. So oh, my husband is an amazing man, but frankly, he's kind of asleep at the wheel a little bit. He's got a testimony, but he's just kind of coasting along in life. Um, like most men. What? Like most men. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um, and it says in his. Um, in the beginning, it says that he spent countless hours with the Savior, which I just love. Uh, it says you spent countless hours with the Savior, if only you could press the button and remember that which was taught. There will be many times when you are confronted with a problem and the solution will suddenly come into your mind. Know that it is because of the teachings you received in the pre-existence. And then at the end, 
it says, um, there will be difficulties, there will be trials. You will see the Savior return. He will call you to his side because of your priesthood and your worthiness. He will send you into the world to do his will. You must be worthy. You will accomplish miraculous things in his name. Wow. Wow. I have felt that first one though. Have you guys, there's just beliefs that I have that are innate and I don't know why I believe them, but mm -hmm. I just know them. And I'll, I'll give one for example, um, not necessarily gospel truths, but um, our oldest son was born in 91 and no internet not really books about this topic or anything, but I just knew I did not want an epidural. I did not want anyone putting a needle in my back. And um, I made that decision. And after that, I started hearing stories of epidurals gone wrong. I don't know why I wasn't supposed to have one, but I never had an epidural with any of my children, but it was just something I knew I didn't want. Like it was just an innate so another one that kind of goes along with what's happening now is um, I remember telling my husband, we need to buy some gold and silver. And he was like, why? That's the stupidest thing. And he would send me articles after articles about what a bad investment that is. And, um, and I finally told him, I said, the day is going to come where we won't have food and we won't be able to afford it. So we'll have to buy it with gold and silver. And then the day will come where food is so scarce that people won't even sell their food. And that's why we need, that's why we need it. And now look, that was like in year 2000. I was telling him that I started telling him that why, where would I have heard that? That was not on the internet. That was not written in books. Why did I believe that? I just think that sometimes preparations for the last days they're just beliefs i have i, I don't think i have all the preparations <laughs> i have i, I don't think you can prepare it all yeah i don't think you can well, prepare this much that fast like for people that are starting to prepare like i don't know how you could possibly get i mean unless you were like a millionaire how you could put it all together without starting years ago like Oh, not absolutely. that I have an adequate amount of anything. I don't know what I have. Yeah, we heard about your basement story, Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you have more than I do, Kathy. <laughs> I have close, I, I have about a thousand pounds of wheat and I'm single. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. Well, here's my other here's my <laughs> other belief, and I've kind of thrown it out there before haven't read this anywhere but my other belief is we're gonna walk away from it all yeah oh absolutely yep. i know i'm not gonna use any of it oh, i have yeah, that I feel i have that feeling so strong i still feel really impressed to keep preparing but i Me really too. think we're gonna walk away from it all and be like the children of israel and learn how yep. to rely on the Lord for everything yep. yeah that was and that will be okay mm -hmm. yeah it'll all be good <laughs> if you would have told Somebody me that when i first started preparing that would have been a different story <laughs> no but i'm still i still am like oh i have to prepare i have to i don't know why 
Maybe that's the Holy Spirit but working. Even if we don't use it, we'll still be glad we did it, even just out of obedience. We will never regret it. Yeah. Well, Somebody I, else is going to use it. Somebody else will need it for something. It'll get I, used. That's, definitely. I just feel that, that somebody else is going to, I don't know who, but. Yeah, it will definitely get used. But I think that our preparing is a um, testimony and a witness of our belief like mm -hmm. it, it's uh, putting faith into action right we have faith we have faith in the prophets we're obedient and so we have to be prepared right to others yeah i think like the self-reliance preparedness kind of thing or whatever was really my training wheels on how to hear him um when i when i finally started waking up and i was like okay i gotta I have zero food storage so here i am trying to, to build it up from scratch kind of a thing and so i was like okay i can't hit every single category and so i would like rely on him okay i'm walking through the grocery store tell me what to get kind of thing and and it was kind of my training wheels on different things but then there was a, a marked day i remember <laughs> exactly where i was and it was like this isn't for you like quit trying to get things that you like <laughs> i'm like oh wait like i'm gonna have to this this isn't for me oh okay <laughs> so it, it totally revamped the the way i was doing things but yeah the, it was such a a great way to teach me how to to recognize certain promptings and uh in the everyday life kind of a thing i love that thanks for sharing Well, he tried to get so, us back on track with <laughs> with a good bridge and then i took it off again <laughs> so here's another one okay we're talking about physical preparedness let's talk about spiritual preparedness yep. <laughs> there we go <laughs> and get back to our lesson on um second comforter experiences <laughs> isn't it kind of interesting that I mean, we're what six lessons into this, and a lot of it has had to do with second comforter, the advocate, the postmodal appearances, the um, the anti mortal existence of also had uh, lots of ties in there. And anyway, it's just I'm loving the topical guide study <laughs> with some of this uh, preparation that we've put in. Um, I'm looking at DNC 6710, mm -hmm. kind of giving you a roadmap. Again, verily, I say unto you that it is your privilege and a promise I give unto you that you have been ordained unto this ministry that inasmuch as you strip yourselves from jealousies and fears and humble yourselves before me, for ye are not sufficiently humble, the veil shall be rent and you shall see me and know that I am not with the carnal neither natural mind but with the spiritual yeah. that's very interesting in context of these other ones isn't it mm -hmm. there seems to be a pattern um, the first ones are especially the first two pages are the people that are the closest to jesus as like as friends close or like in time close? No, in friends. Like you've got his wife, you've got his disciples, and then uh, 
Archippus and his wife. Anyway, Archippus. But anyway, and it's important that they know him, you know. They don't seem to know him and recognize him at first. I'm is that telling us something for our day? For because now when he comes again, are we gonna recognize him? You know, are we gonna know who he is? You know, we will if we learn to know him. And so for us, it seems like the second comforter experience is coming before he comes, if we're, you know, striving for that, you know. So it seems like we're the same as the the first group, but it's it's turned in opposite way. They knew him mortally, and then and then he's they're receiving the second comforter after you know he's gone but it's kind of backwards for us which i you know i think there's a pattern to that and just like that one from dnc i think that's kind of telling us that that's what we should be looking for mm -hmm. i liked what you said about not recognizing him i posted that picture um that um a formerly RLDS member found of Joseph Smith that he's now a member of the church. Oh. And I just took some quotes from it and put it up. And I cannot tell you how many people said, I know that's not Joseph. It doesn't look like any of us other pictures. I had one lady sharing Pinterest pictures of Joseph Smith, that these are, this is what he looks like photographs that were later debunked or even in the article, it said, this isn't confirmed that this is Joseph. She's like, this is what he looks like. And it just made me contemplate like how many of us expect to see Christ a certain way. Mm -hmm. So when he comes, we won't recognize him because we'll be saying, yeah, no, that's not him. That doesn't look like any of the paintings. That doesn't look like the painting Dale Parsons did, <laughs> you know, and that we will fail to recognize them because we have these biases that we are more married to than the savior himself does that make sense mm -hmm. yeah for sure yeah it'll be really interesting <laughs> when that happens because everything that i've heard from you know near-death experiences or uh, different things like that where the people that have seen the savior, they just know. I mean, it, it's it's more of the feeling of a no versus, oh, I recognize your face. That's how I thought you were gonna be versus, no, my heart did burn within me because I, I my yeah. soul knew who you were kind of a thing. And so it'll be interesting to see how that happens for, for each of us as we grow and, and experience that. And maybe it'll happen different ways. You know, maybe some will recognize that and then see his face where others, I don't know, maybe we'll be a little tested. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what the road to Emmaus was about, a little testing. Or yeah. maybe he was veiled because why would he have tested Mary? But then mm -hmm. that goes back to maybe they just didn't expect it to be Christ. Yeah. That's very interesting. And like the little 
Mormon one. I mean, what is he? Fifteen? Yeah, fifteen mm-hmm. years old. Uh, silver mining. <laughs> He's getting visited. I. There's so many different circumstances to which he comes and shows himself. And <laughs> I didn't catch. I, I must have been snoozing in all the other years of <laughs> New Testament, but I didn't realize in the First Corinthians passage that there was uh, 500 brethren at once who who had seen him. Um, I, I missed that part. I, I thought everything was pretty much just kind of a one-on-one except for, you know, small groups, except for the Lound Bountiful and, you know, whatever other sheep that he went and visited. But but there, even in Judea, he, he was appearing to, to large groups. I thought that was very interesting. Um, was it, I think it was Morgan Philpot last week who said, I loved what he taught about the electron and how it's in the atom, the basic building block of life. I think now we've learned that there's something even smaller, but nevertheless, that the electron is nothing more than the light of Christ. And we all have that within us. And I loved that. Like everything has the light of Christ. I loved it explained as an electron. Yeah, that was very interesting. That came up somewhere else in my readings this week too. I thought that was very strange. <laughs> Power of light. You've already finished that though. <laughs> yeah, because it's in there too. But something this last week, I can't remember what it was. But anyway, about the the electron and different things. Oh, and then Wendy's uh, podcast with the the spiritual gift of healing or whatever she mentioned. Um, something like that on the molecular level as well so i guess it's coming up three different times maybe i need to pay attention (laughs) crap i missed it (laughs) isn't that how it is with as we're learning new things like this then you even in the same week that Mm -hmm. you see it popping up uh yeah i didn't realize until you just really said that i'm like dang it where did i read that i'm gonna have to Go back and repent for not writing it down. Sorry, I need, I'll, I'll do that on my own time. <laughs> Driving my brain crazy right now, trying to figure it out. But yeah. Anything else on um, these post-mortal experiences that um, you really want to talk about before we close out for the night? For next time, we're going to be, um, so all of next week, uh, we're going to be studying the uh, chapter seven, the ascension of Jesus Christ. And there's one time, um, it's the first week in December, I believe, that we're going to have a skipped week for this group, because it's going to be Avraham's Q&A that he does. Um, but anyway, so that'll be December 6th. But um, for the next three weeks, we'll be on schedule same time, just consecutive chapters here. But we'll be on it... for the five o'clock one. Yeah, Definitely. it'll only affect this group. Um, in DNC 1.10, it says the veil was taken from our minds. So that's kind of what we've talked about a little bit about Christ being veiled mm-hmm. or that we're veiled and we can't see. Yeah. That was uh, 
that veil taken from our minds and the eyes of our understanding were opened. I found an interesting pattern throughout this as well, that um, the opening of, of eyes, was it Terry last hour that was, yeah, or was that Lisa? I can't remember, but um, over in the Emmaus one, their eyes were opened and, mm -hmm. and it had the same phrase as like when Adam and Eve and partaking of the fruit, their eyes were opened. And um, here where the eyes of our understanding were opened. Yeah, that was so Lisa. That was Lisa. Um, with the fact that when the Savior is coming, that there is an unveiling or an opening of the eyes in lots of the different accounts here. Well, and it's interesting because their eyes were holden that they should not know him. So he was veiled. And then it says, and their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished. So once they recognized him, he was gone. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. And, you know, along that, that same line, just the way that those are all worded, it's always us that's veiled, never the other yeah. way around. You know, Moses was the one that had to veil his face. And um, and yet he was the one that had to veil his face when he went down to talk to the people. Yeah, when he talked to the people rather yeah. than that. So that's an yeah. interesting. Hmm. Well, the one that's, no, I was going to say the one that's veiled is the powerful, but that's not true because the road to Emmaus, they weren't the most powerful. But yeah, they were veiled from seeing it themselves. And uh -huh how the the woman the church is is veiled for her bride but when the eyes of the opening uh, understanding are opened or the unveiling happens then they're able to see him fully hmm. i have to like wrestle with those get those all in a but list don't you think that also relates to the changes in the temple mm -hmm. yeah and the unveiling mm -hmm. I think that was, I think that was a signal of how close we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When was the, the hear him talk? Was that 2020? Just a second. President. I can't remember. Hear him invitation. Yeah. April, 2020 was the hear him talk. Um, but he invited us, you know, earlier that January to do it. The changes in the temple were January 2019. Interesting. I hadn't put those together necessarily. Um, kind of a little off topic since we've been off topic yeah. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you were at the um, Pickerings. Mm-hmm. And they talked about Adam on Diamond happening when? 2024? Yes, 2024. And yet Sister Nelson said that. What were your thoughts on that? Talked about what if Adam on Diamond had already happened? Well, there's more than one meeting at Adam, Adam on Diamond. Mm -hmm. But um, I didn't realize that. There's more than one? Yeah, there's the, three separate meetings at Adam on Diamond, three different groups of people. But um, but the one that Wendy was referring to and the one that the Pickerings were referring to are the same one. The very first initial where everybody gives their keys back to Adam, Adam gives them to Christ thing. That's and the first one? 
Uh huh. And yeah, Pickerings were very definite on the 2024 event as, as being that. And, and that was a, a nuanced thing that I hadn't really considered before, where um, Adam on Diamond with Adam and, and his role in there is directly relational to the Antichrist. Like it comes because of the Antichrist setting up the abomination and desolation. That's God's answer to counteract the abomination is the Adam on Diamond meeting and the transfer of keys there, which I had never put that together. So it's very interesting when they're placing that in 2024 and what Wendy says, because I mean, if you talk to anybody, like President Nelson is back in Missouri, like all the time. <laughs> and um, I, I don't know, maybe there are uh, other meetings that aren't necessarily prophecy, but you know that there are lots of councils going on or who knows what. I don't know the answer to that. So when you say Wendy, you're talking about Wendy Nelson or Wendy? Yeah. Okay. Like Wendy Nelson, when she says like, what if you heard or somebody told you that um, that the meetings had already happened or, or whatever kind of a thing? When was that? That was 2017 that she said that? Yeah, it was pretty. No, wasn't it after he... Was it before he became prophet? Uh-huh, yeah, and it was to the, the youth. Um, so that probably was just um, postulation, like asking a question. Mm -hmm. What would it? But yeah, I, I remember thinking when I heard it, I was like, holy cow, what did she say? <laughs> Has it already happened? Go back and watch General Conference of April 2020. I noticed this, somebody else brought it up, but the apostles, like all of them, the apostles and the prophet all, I noticed how much they, I don't think the prophet did, but the apostles stumbled on their words quite a bit, mm -hmm. which they don't ever do. Yeah. And I remember thinking, that's kind of weird. And I was going to say something and I was like, I don't want to sound judgmental. Somebody else brought it up. And I was just, I don't know, thought that was kind of interesting. Like, like they were almost shaken i don't think it was shaken by covid hmm. i don't know i, I didn't like notice maybe that. something very private had happened mm -hmm. and like wendy said in in this last one right like if we could just watch conference and see with the subtitles the sacrifices that each one of them paid in order to give that message the attacks that they had to go through it's like hmm I wonder, I mean, 2020, obviously a, a huge one there and each individual um, paying a, a great price. Yeah. And then my cousin just sent me a talk by Sherry Du that she gave at BYU Hawaii. Have you guys seen that? Yes. It was really good, recently? wasn't it? Yeah. Like, okay. I, I haven't yeah. seen that recent one though. This, this week or something. Yeah, here I'll I'll put it in. Prophet can see through corners, see around corners. Or see around corners, yeah. Um, my cousin sent it to me. Here it is. So, Cameron, Prophet is that see around corners? Yeah. The one about the Pickerings is that the one that they think is going to happen on Hanukkah of twenty four? Yes. Was it Hanukkah? 
I don't know if anything. Um, I don't know. I, thought, I can't remember. I know it was a Jewish feast day. Yeah. And yes. Hanukkah, not yes. One of it was Hanukkah. It was yeah. Hanukkah. Mm -hmm. Is it really? Yeah. I think, I think it Hanukkah is. and Christmas are the same that year. Hmm. Yeah, because like Hanukkah is not one of the original feast days, but um, on. But I remember him talking about Hanukkah that it was on Hanukkah. One of them was on Hanukkah. Yeah. So with the Adam on <laughs> my finger, um, is first fruits the like everything about it is um, with with first fruits and resurrection kind of a thing, and so I wouldn't be surprised if it's on the feast of first fruits. But I, I don't know. I, I can't remember anything that he said about Hanukkah there. So when I, I, yeah, on, I, I don't know which one you watched or did you go see him in person? I came yeah, to Rexford and I drove down. Oh, okay. Cameron drove up and Jamie was there too. But she's not in any online classes. No, she's got to be. Yeah, they did when somebody shared one called Gog and Magog and he talked about the end times and he talked about Hanukkah and that one hmm. and how they thought hmm. I can't remember what he said he said that would be the impetus when America wouldn't support Israel anymore and the Antichrist or it would give other people ability to attack Israel then mm -hmm. that's when we're in a civil war yeah well he thought we that was going to be on Hanukkah of 24 I think it's called Gog and Magog. It's on YouTube. Mm -hmm. It's fairly new. Yeah, I'm going to have to go watch those. I mean, listening to him like all day long on hard benches, like at the end, my <laughs> I was just kind of done. So I, I wasn't getting everything that he was saying. So I'm going to have to go watch that again. I know. I kind of wish they had him go first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I. that's it, very interesting with the the Hanukkah because I'm, I'm like not a supporter of Hanukkah I think that was an uh, usurped thing but what is that kind of like um Kwanzaa <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like there's the original feast days and that's the ones that you know the Lord commanded the children of Israel to to keep as a statute forever and Hanukkah comes later after they're trying to rebuild the temple and the Shekinah is not coming and and anything and um anyway with the Maccabean revolts and all that kind of stuff like it's it's born out of wickedness I don't see not I didn't think I I saw that but I didn't think he said Hanukkah I thought it was like you were saying on the one of the feast days but I can't remember what feast day it was but see, like, I thought, I remember him exactly saying it fell on Hanukkah, and I was mm -hmm. surprised by that. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm going to have to go watch that uh, again. So let me pull up. I'm trying to find the link. Oh, here it is. I got it, camera. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to talk and <laughs> when I can just type and I'm not <laughs> facilitating a group, I'm really good at copying and pasting and finding the links real quick, but <laughs> okay, this is the, God the, same... God one. the first one i posted was the uh link to hey there you're probably wondering why i'm in this bag well oh, i'll put it this way sorry you're I guess interested it's in keeping... um okay there we go but yeah that's um the, the 
Yeah, the first one's Sherry Dew's talk in Hawaii that prophets can see around corners. That was amazing. I've listened to it like two or three times. It was mm-hmm. really, really good. And then yeah. the, la- the second one I posted is uh, the Gog and Magog. By so the with Pickering's one, with the Gog and Magog, what was super in- interesting was like all of the Scythian talk and how Ukraine and the Great Wall of China all play into the Gog and Magog battle. Like that was a lot of stuff that I had never heard of. But I was like... I hope this is recorded. I'm just going to watch <laughs> later because I don't have time to like. But it was take- interesting because then Morgan brought up the Scythians huh. and he said it was Russia. Yeah. And I just think that he said Russia as general, not defining it down to Ukraine for the Pickerings to find it down to Ukraine. Yeah. And said, don't believe anything that you see in Ukraine. It's mm-hmm. all a setup. Yeah, exactly. That was super intriguing. Um, And then another one of my friends that's like helping me with like Cosmism stuff right now. um, He's all about Scythia and uh, Carthage and the, um, what's the other group? um, I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, there's, there's the three groups, and they're all going to have a main part in Gaga Magog. So again, it's coming up three different times, and I need to pay attention. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, um, Caucasians. The word Caucasian comes from that group of people. The Caucus. Caucus is the name, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, were those mountains, the Caucus Mountains? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's where us Caucasians come from. I think that's a really old name. Yeah. <laughs> Been around a while, but the people, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how all of this kind of plays out in different people's interpretations and, and different things. But that was the first time that I've ever really kind of dove into Pickering stuff before, because I don't know. When you have like two hour long videos, I, I just don't. <laughs> and so when you Let's force them on double speed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was very interesting to kind of get introduced to them and, and their timeline. And, and I like, like his story behind his inspiration behind the timeline and stuff, like how he's asking the Lord and, and, getting little things revealed here and there and stuff like i found that very interesting Um, and working on it for 10 years yeah because like i mean i probably shouldn't record that but like there's a few other timelines out there that i'm just like whatever (laughs) quick (laughs) oh no i think y'all know who i'm talking about but his and morgan's differ by a couple years Mm -hmm. yeah everybody has um but it's interesting that all of them still somewhat narrow it down to uh, about yeah interesting time frame but about four years yeah there's one guy that thinks it's way out there i get his emails all the time and he thinks it's like 40 i'm like i don't think so (laughs) yeah nelson lately yeah (laughs) yeah i'm like how does he say 40 and 50 years away he's like oh it's all gonna turn around i get all the it's gonna be bad now but next couple years is going to all turn around and be good for 20 years i'm like uh 
I don't think so. <laughs> I also loved what Pickering said about um, how Christ comes as a thief in the night uh -huh. because there's nothing about a thief that is a quality of Christ. And he said, that's why he comes his, his first time, Adam on Diamond coming to us is when the antichrist he's the thief appears and comes on the stage and i thought yeah. that was super interesting because we all think it means he's just going to surprise us all and we'll be caught off guard yeah yeah at least i thought it meant yeah what <laughs> just like he he comes is like peekaboo i'm actually not a thief i'm not gonna rob you but i'm here uh, like <laughs> you know you yeah. just have that kind of primary image that you kind of think about but then um he comes as a thief in the night like antichrist that it it perfectly pegs what the antichrist is doing at that time that was coming so like yeah. yeah that made a lot of sense to me he comes he comes declaring to be the christ while christ is really coming for the first time over here to the gentiles mm -hmm. i think that should read christ comes with a thief in the night mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> not as so did you go to this too? The yeah, I drove down. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. It yeah, was, was only Rexburg, and so like we just met in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Well, you drove a lot farther than me. It was like an hour for me to drive. You were like three and a half hours, weren't you? It just two and a half. Okay. But, still. Still, yeah. yeah, still a long time. Who else was there? Or was it just them? It was just I mean, there was a few people at this conference kind of a thing, but um, me and usually Jamie's here doing puzzles when we were on Wednesday nights or whatever. <laughs> we drove up together and, and met Alethea up there. I mean, the presenters, it was just the Pickerings or it was no, nobody else? Yeah, yeah just them she only. Did, she did two lectures on Isaiah and then he did the Daniel's timeline. Was it? Okay. It was, and it will be on Latter-day Media, but they said they're on another project right now. The Latter-day Media people, they call them by name and I don't remember their names, but um, they're on another project right now. So it'll take around six, didn't they say six months, four to six months before they can oh, edit? Because wow. it was seven hours right. long. So they want to edit it down and like, just make it better um, and shorter. So um, they said four to six months before they can get that edited. <laughs> enough. Christ will be here before it comes out. So <laughs> 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 I know I'm super excited to like watch you again because there's quite a few things that I was wanting to go back and take notes on that the hard chairs made you forget <laughs> uh, I tell you if you get me in an uncomfortable like bodily uncomfortable I'm just like <laughs> I can't focus yeah that was the worst place to have an all-day activity <laughs> was it was in the tabernacle in Rexburg so we were on those hard pews and tailbones were really hurting <laughs> but it was great it was worth it, it and uh yeah but yeah so, at least we have like some of those other ones that they've done with the come follow me so i'm gonna go watch those gog and magog ones and try to catch so was it do you think that. it was different information than what they have on their own website and what's on youtube because i know he has a daniel timeline on youtube and i think it's on their website and they have isaiah on their website 
Well, I know that he's had a couple of breakthroughs in the last couple of months on a couple little aspects of it, but I'm guessing like for the majority of it, it's probably all uh, basically the same. Okay, I mean, they're, they're handing out the same timeline that they've always handed out. Uh-huh. Um, my sister was really studying Daniel and Isaiah end time stuff um, during 20, end of 2020, 2021. And then she would compare it with like, like old maps and um, what was going on in the world. And she's like, Alethea, I'm telling you, the Antichrist is going to come from Turkey. That's what I think. And so he said that he said the Antichrist will come from Turkey. I about jumped out of my seat. I couldn't wait to call my sister and tell her. But that's yeah. what he said. Antichrist will come out of Turkey. That's what I've heard too, the leader of Turkey. Right yeah. now it's Erdogan. Erdo, Erdogan. Yeah. Erdogan. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, they said to watch watch him. So that's what yep, she I've said. heard that from a couple people. So really? Yeah. Yeah. She's been taught. I can't remember the details of what she told me, but she was like, that's the one you need to watch. Which is interesting because they were the ones that did such a massive, at least in um, more modern times, uh, genocide of Christians. Yeah. Hmm. I, I don't know. It just seems so weird to have that, but I'm not saying one way or another. I'm just. Anciently, saying. what was Turkey? I'm wondering. Uh huh. So, like Assyria. That's Where, what I'm wondering. Is that Assyria? Uh-huh. Yeah. It is. And so, like, if Egypt is a code name for America, is Assyria or this Turkey just a code name for um like the characteristics and, and things that this Antichrist is gonna have? Or is it uh -huh. a literal meaning of it? I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's a code name. Let's see. It just makes me wonder because it was on that side of the world, right? And they. Mm -hmm. But yeah, regardless, I mean, we're going to be seeing <laughs> pretty dang soon. They Speaking were big elections tonight. <laughs> oh. I'll have to try and follow what's happening there. Hope Mike Lee gets back in. Yeah. So they became the Byzantine Empire. Hmm. Anyway, we well, Texas, Texas beat out Beto O'Rourke, so we're happy about that. The fake Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> He's not Mexican. He took on the his name's Robert. He took on the the name Beto. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> so. Yeah. Look all that up. Yeah. So, with you up in Island Parker, did you vote ahead of time, or did you? I did a mail-in. Mail-in balance. Yeah. And no. we have no running vote. for judge in our county, the grandmother of the player who said, who started the the grandmother's no, sorry, not grandmother. I think godmother started the rumor by telling her goddaughter 
that she was being racially slurred at the BYU women's volleyball game. Oh, really? Remember? Do you remember that story? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Where they ended up kicking out someone and, and she was like handicapped and they said, and she always goes to all the games and BYU said, you can't ever come again, you're banned. And then as it came out, she didn't say any racial slurs and there were no racial slurs. But the woman that started it was the godmother of the player of the other team, and she's running for judge in our county. Hmm. So hopefully she doesn't get in. Yeah. Hmm. Lots of crazy things going on, you guys. No, I'm just looking, <laughs> not to keep everybody forever on this, I'll cut out the last half of this, but... Um... <laughs> that east idaho went democrat are you kidding yeah oh my gosh my friend is i I think i've told you about her before um cameron she was in the house idaho house and um she was voted out big money came in and she was voted out. Then she ran for a different seat and won and she got voted out again. And he goes, it's the big money. They are coming in and trying to turn and just telling lies, throwing lots of money. And she said, not only did her get, not only did she get kicked out, but the other, the other people that they were all banded together as conservatives and they all got kicked out yeah and all of our local conservatives like here around my area have all i mean they're still republican but they've all turned i I, they're just following money now and they're involved in scandals left and right it's stupid i don't know (laughs) let's just burn it all down (laughs) well i'm still looking for the short feathers yep I can't come soon enough. <laughs> I think everybody's thinking that. And I'm thinking if it goes by the Pickerings, we got like eight more years. If it goes by Morgan, we've got 11 more years. I'm like, oh, please. It's like, no, no. No, no because they said that the tribulations start in 2024. Uh-huh. And then three and a half years is when Adam on Diamond happens. Okay. So, and that that doesn't mean we're all safe. (laughs) Right. But that's what was interesting was that the Jewish Israel, whatever you want to call it, timeline, Jewish timeline starts, their tribulations start when our Adam on Diamond starts. So our tribulations start three years, three and a half years before theirs. Right. So that was interesting, but I had an interesting, I wanted to share this since we're talking about it, interesting experience with my son who's left the church. And I know that he had talked about having to go see a therapist because he just had this like mental breakdown, not mental, but just emotional breakdown. And um, then I called him and we were talking and he was in tears. He was in tears and said that's why he ended up having to go to the therapist was because 
he lives in fear every day every day so he's gay he's married and to his husband and he said um the republicans are out to get them we turned over roe v wade we're going to turn over gay marriage we're going to you know just demolish everyone i mean like seriously he is like i live in terror terror every day and i just my eyes were opened and i just thought wow what a difference because i really don't like what's going on but i don't live in fear mm -hmm. every day but yeah that it's manifesting as actual legitimate fear in yeah and it was this anxiety and panic and he had to go talk with a therapist to calm down and i thought if that's just my son there's a lot of people like that mm -hmm. that are living in fear and it just it was just kind of a witness to me that you know there's peace in christ doesn't matter what's going on there's peace in christ and i wish i could tell him that because now he's identifying as an atheist too um but that's why there's fear is because there's no walking with christ you can tell a lot of the people that are living in fear because they wear masks in public yeah, I, I still see people wearing masks i'm shocked yep me too the, the weirdest ones are the ones walking down the street with no one around it with a mask on and driving in the car by yes. themselves yes. Exactly. i seen somebody conducting a podcast uh, like <laughs> i was like <laughs> well you know zoom can transmit viruses yeah <laughs> germs, germs can come through the microphone through the computer to the microphone even when you're off the air <laughs> yeah live like that. but it also made me think um you know like these people are really hurting and that we need to maybe be a little like this is a real fear like they're and they're really hurting and you know, because I just laugh at him because I think it's the stupidest thing, but I couldn't laugh at him that day. And all I could say is, I can tell you're really hurting and I'm really sorry that mm -hmm. you have that much fear and anxiety. I couldn't say that's not going to happen because he didn't want to hear that. Nope. You know, he just needed empathy. And so well, I think all all these players in this, the media, the government, that I mean, all these players, that's been their whole goal the whole time is to instill fear. Everything that's reported all the mm -hmm. time is been fear, fear. You never hear anything else, any positive of anything. It's all been fear. You should be afraid. You need to lock your doors. You need to shut yourself up. You need to be all alone, be all these things. And and it it has harmed a lot of people. I mean the kids the younger kids that you know schools and all that it's messed them up in the head i mean it really has yeah yeah it's so amazing living where we do like we didn't even do covid like everybody else did or whatever but i mean i haven't i, I seen a mask the other day and they're like yeah i have covid right now so i'm wearing a mask so other people don't get it but i'm still out in public <laughs> All right, sounds good. You know your mask isn't working, right? You know that mask doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, but yeah, like we never, 
I've never seen a mask around here, really. That was my friend was like, well, now if you get it, you just you just um, wear a mask and you can just still go around people. And I says, Michelle, it's a virus. You just be smart. It's like if you have a cold, you just do, you know, you stay home, you take care of yourself. You do what you're supposed to do. It's a virus. Come on. Think, get, <laughs> be smart. Don't. Don't fall for all this. Act like you would if you were sick with any other thing. Yep. Of course, when we had the cold, we still went out around everyone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you get the flu, how, you're you're usually around everybody and expose them to it before you really even know it. Because you start with, I mean, the stages of it is the fever stage is when you're more contagious and. You don't really realize that until after you finally get everything else. So, and that's for most all viruses that you get chicken pox, so I mean, you, you name it. In the doctor's office, you went through all those questions. No, 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 no. Well, I'm like, if I answered them all truthfully, I'd be saying yes to everything. Yes, I have a headache. Yes, I have yes. a Yes, I have. <laughs> yep, I got all those. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's another thing. I mean, I vaccinated, I vaccinated our kids, but that's another thing. Like I just, okay, I'll do that. But anything past that, like flu, um, the Gardasil, what is that for? HPV, uh -huh. HPV virus. I just, I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not. I just, I've had those. I don't need any more. So well, my, my grandson was vaccine injured when he was one, well, right before he's one and he is hospitalized for, he's been in, in and out of the hospital ever since with different things that, and it was the, the chicken pox one that they finally determined was the one that vax injured him. He can't have. And when all that happened, he's now almost six, but that really opened my eyes to a lot of them. It's like, we know, and they give them to so many at a time. That was the thing. They couldn't even determine which one had caused all the problems because they give more than one at a time. Yeah. And uh, when our youngest was born, I had an option. They came in and asked me, that was in the year 2000, do you want her to have the chicken pox vaccine? And I was like, no, no. When my kids were little, it was, we were camping when my daughter broke out with them. You know, family's up there, friends are all there. I'm like, oh, well, she, we woke up. She has chicken pox. We've been here for two days now. And everybody's like, oh, it's no big deal. It's all good. Well, when they were out of school, they could all play together. They enjoyed it, you know? Well, and that was the thing is, um, I eventually, when she was three, went, wait a minute. All my kids have had the chicken pox except for her. How's she going to get them? And she got really, really sick with something else and needed an IV. And our youngest son was there with me and watched it. And he was just devastated. And he got this little itchy patch around his waistband. And I said, Kurt, what's this? And he goes, looks like shingles. Because he was so upset by what was happening. Uh -huh. That exposed her and she got the chicken pox. Well, yep. then they she went to kindergarten and we had a, a small charter school K through six and all the kids ate lunch together. All the kids went to recess together and um, we had a chicken pox outbreak. Yep. So that would have been 2005 and only the kids who had the vaccine got sick. Yep. Hmm. I used to work in the schools and that's exactly what was happening. 
kids that yep. had it was getting sick and getting issues and like you said and and lots of cold sores and jingles too in young people and that was the reason why is because I didn't know how I guess I thought about it later and I'm like this is just stupid well, number one they were advertising in Idaho or at least East Idaho that it makes life easier you won't miss school you won't miss work your kids won't miss school if they have no. the vaccine <laughs> I'm like you don't do this for a convenience like that's not yeah. the purpose you do it if it's going to maim you but not as a convenience and then um well and that virus still lives in your body forever that's why mm -hmm. older you can get shingles or uh, when right. you break out with a cold sore that is the chicken that's that same virus it's the same thing so any of us well, if we get a cold sore we can't be around my grandson because he'll end up in the hospital i mean yeah. so well, but I yeah. just, I know that when you get chicken pox as a teenager and adult, it's life-threatening and it's not life-threatening as a child. Although I can say I've known people who have had really bad cases of the chicken pox and been hospitalized. That's rare. And well, they can so get I, a bad case of shingles and be hospitalized also when they're older. Right. And that's still but the I didn't pox. know, I didn't know how good the vaccine was. Um, Will they get it when they're younger? But I hadn't thought about any of this in the year 2000 when they offered it to me. Just later, I was like, we don't even know how long that vaccine's going to last. And what if they all start getting the chicken pox as teenagers or adults? And now they're going to be worse off. I, that was just another thing that was just weird. That was, I don't know why, but I just felt like, nope, not supposed to do that. So, I don't know. You guys, it's always so good to see your face. I've missed you guys so much. <laughs> your face is not your face. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we did. I think we did our this and an hour of whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, we we went to our old schedule. Did we? <laughs> and we may have done that one hour of whatever you want to talk about in the first hour. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> that was a funny one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to go through and <laughs> edit that last edit half hour. So yeah. <laughs> you know what? I thought mm -hmm. so. You know, you say our eyes are closed. We don't see. I think maybe that's why that hear him is so prominent because I mean, I had, and this isn't nowhere near what, you know, seeing Christ, but I have a niece that I hadn't seen for a long time and she was young. She's younger. And we were at a family get together and she's just a talking to me. And I'm thinking, who is this? What, who am I talking to? And then all of a sudden it was like, ding, ding, ding. It's Lydia. It, it, I mean, it was, but it was that voice that the way it was said, the tone, the, that triggered it. Cause she didn't look anything like she did, you know, three, four years ago when I last saw her. So I think that's why that hear him is so important in the ways that he talks to us, I think is probably one of the biggest ways that we're going to be able to know it's him. Mm -hmm. That's just my two cents. Yeah, that's very interesting. 
That makes a lot of sense. Well, you'll have to edit that in. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep that one in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see everyone next week for chapter seven on the Ascension. But, and uh, whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, whatever you want to talk about after that. <laughs> we'll, we'll put a timer on it and see how <laughs> fast we go after oh, that goes. <laughs> Just kidding. But it was really fun uh, hearing patriarchal blessings and, and fun testimonies and stuff. I never regret when we go off topic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, have a great week, everyone. We'll see y'all later. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.